We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of 21 Questions, the KC Sports Network Q&A show that we do for you every single week, where the questions are curated from our KCSN Discord server. I am joined by my good pal, seltzer aficionado, Tucker D. Franklin. Tucker, my friend, how are you doing this evening? Craig, I'm doing much better now that I get to hear your voice and get to be with you on this fine evening. I'm a little sad I didn't get serenaded by a song, but listen, uh, this is a nice consolation that I get to just hang out with you. You know, Kent, Kent has ruined the songs for me because now people can go and listen to Kent and be like, well, that guy can actually sing. Definitely don't want to hear the other guy sing anymore. So I'm just going to, uh, we're going to just bury that for a little while. I did it for a year. That was good enough. So, yeah, yeah. Um, there's not a ton of football questions this week, you guys. <laughs> there, there aren't. We, I'm just going to be very upfront with you guys. We still have some Chiefs questions in here. They are dispersed throughout the entire thing. But just giving you a fair warning, the questions are in the doldrums of the NFL season right now. Not a ton of Orlando Brown Jr. contract questions or anything like that because he hasn't signed yet, although... All indicators are good on that. So we'll, we'll, I'm sure, have more Chiefs questions, especially as mandatory OTAs come up here and we get more of the guys in-house. We're going to talk probably more to Chris Jones, some of these other guys, and we'll have more things to hear from. So we're going to kick it off right now with a question about kickoffs from David Borland. Who do you think will be the three or four players most likely to be returning punts and kickoffs this year for Kansas City Tucker? That's a really good question. And I, I always like doing this and watching, uh, especially at training camp and watching who are the guys. The big one for me last year was Mike Hughes. Mike Hughes was back there. Yes. So I think that there's mm -hmm. going to be another cornerback that's going to be to earn his spot essentially as like the third returner. It's like, you know, McCole Harbin's obviously going to be back there. Probably sure. the main returner is what I would assume. Um, I, I kind of want to see someone like uh, maybe Trent McDuffie back there. That'd be fun. Um, or be fun. another one of these guys. I, I'm not sure who all has return experience. Um, another guy that came into my head as a wide receiver, Sky Moore, could be mm -hmm. a return guy. Um, I think that that's a, entirely a possibility. But I think that you'll see mostly wide receivers kind of uh, in that uh, way maybe uh, Justin Ross tries to get in the mix a little bit somewhere. I Who know has done it. He has yeah. done that before. Yes, I know yeah. that, that he was kind of. He was an all state wide or punt returner like his last year in high school or something like that. So I mean, yeah, he he's got experience doing it. So yeah. 
And I think that that's another way, too, that he could kind of solidify himself as a roster spot. I know that he's already playing really well at the wide receiver position, but just getting on Uncle Dave's you know, good side is a good a good start to the career in Kansas City if you can do that. So I think it's going to be mostly guys on uh, the offensive side of the ball, probably some wide receivers that are kind of on the fringe. They're trying to make their way onto this roster. Uh, but I, I always do love to see a cornerback or a safety go back there uh, and try to return some punts and kicks. I'm going to say this. I think Pacheeks is the kick returner. I think Isaiah Pacheco is going to end up winning that job. I think he's fairly, I think he's a roster lock at this point. I really do. And then I think he's going to end up returning kicks as well. I just, he's got that ability. So I, I, I would, I'm very interested to see him back there. You know, he's got all these Nile Davis comparisons. Guess what? Another Nile Davis comparison would be returning kicks for Dave Jones. So, yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Jay the fan won. This is way too early in the week, but I need to know who can throw a football farther. Former college quarterback Kent at KCSN or former badass college reliever BJ Kissel. Last year, we got to see Tucker kick ass punt, but this year, Tucker, you and I have both caught passes from these two. Um, That's true. Who do you think? You know, knowing that, you know, BJ is your boss, kind of. <laughs> Who do you think has the better arm of the two of them based on based on just catching passes out there, you know, on the field at like the Shrine game or something like that? Yeah, um, that's a good question uh, because BJ is fully my boss, not even kind of my boss. He is my boss. Um, and I think Kent is, is the type of guy – that when you go and play catch with them and you know when you start like close to like kind of warm up who's throwing just like laser beams and you're just uh-huh. like let's chill for a second okay <laughs> let's work our way into the laser beams ken is that type type of guy of just like i'm gonna throw it as hard as i can with you three feet away um and i've got a, i've got a few buddies like that so i had a little experience bj and i we've i mean i don't know who throws up okay so you're asking about just throwing it purely farther you're not talking about who has the better ball correct that's a see that's a good question um i would probably i think it's a a great competition we we need to set this up that's what we need to do yeah i would just probably go with kent just because of the consistency of the ball right i mean bj can throw a good spiral right i'm not Mm -hmm. saying bj can't throw a good spiral kent was a college quarterback um so i i am giving the edge to kent on that one pushing the uh, odds at minus uh 150 i'll probably put it at um bj at plus 200 get your money <laughs> see i think it's funny to watch especially like out on the field at you know at in vegas there yeah two of them throwing the ball back and forth at each other like you were talking about like kid uh-huh. you know starting to zing it a little bit you know bj catches it he's like hey so he starts to zing it a little bit and all of a sudden you're just standing there it's like i'm not walking between these two i'm gonna no. i'm gonna get laid the hell out so. those are two very competitive people too yes. so like if yes. you get in the middle and maddie kept talking about how he was gonna bury kent on giving <laughs> the two small the same spot where daryl williams gave the two small to Oh, 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 buddy. Jonathan Abram. Yes, right. Um, but yeah, no, it's it, those are two guys I wouldn't want to get in between during a competition. And my punt was okay. Just it was the wind was howling at my back. People forget that the wind was the wind was going out. Still got a helped. jersey. That's what matters. Sure. Still got the jersey. All right. JL asks, have you seen everything everywhere all at once? And what are your some of your favorite movies that are like mid-low budget movies? I have seen everything everywhere all at once. It is incredible. Don't look anything up about it. Just go see it. it it's awesome. If you like kung fu, if you like comedy, if you like sci-fi, if you, if you like any kind of it, it is one of those movies that like wife and I sitting there on the couch, you know, you start to play around on your phone a little bit, and then the movie sucks you in. And now all of a sudden you're not playing around on your phone anymore. Like it's sitting over there and it's just, it's just pure joy. Absolutely pure joy. And then favorite, like mid low tier, you know, budget movie. I love the movie. Be kind rewind with Jack black and most deaf and Danny Glover at that movie. I really, really love that movie. It's got such great heart, good story, kind of an innovative movie that, you know, way that they do that. And, just the way they po- pay homage to a whole bunch of other movies. It, it's awesome. So can, where where can I stream? Can I stream everywhere, every 
this week yes okay it's available this week yes because that was one of the ones that i wanted to go see in theaters and tara and i do like to go to the theaters just because of the traditional viewing experience Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a really nice theater up by kind of where we live um an amc shout out kansas city company by the way um Mm -hmm. but we go up there and and i think we saw the northman instead like we were kind of going back and forth which was an okay movie um wasn't my favorite um the, I can't remember who the director is, but he does some weird movies. Um, like he, he did Swiss Witcher. Army Man as well. Yes, yes. and mm-hmm. it's just an odd, an odd guy. But a very movies that just are complete experiences. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I need to see everywhere, every everything, everywhere, all at once. It's kind of a mouthful of a title. But my favorite low budget, the first one that came to my head was. Um, uh, the interview. I think we talked about this before. Oh, yeah. How mm-hmm. the interview was like my favorite movie for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but then also Nacho Libre. Nacho Libre is like a top <laughs> 10 <laughs> film to me just because that's uh, a cult classic. I think it's one of Two those. Jack Black just... movies. Two Jack Black movies in that answer. Wow. Great guy. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. Anyway. Just the RK. What is your aviator call sign, Tuck? In honor of Top Gun Maverick, I assume, here. I have a confession, Craig. Uh Uh-oh. You've not seen Top Gun? I haven't seen either Mm. of them. Yeah. What year did that movie come out? Oh, late 80s, I believe. Before you were born. Easily before you were born. So, you will cut me some slack. Let's see. Top Gun. 86. Mm -hmm. So, not my fault. Um, Haven't seen that movie. Probably, um, I don't know what my call sign would be. It'd probably have to be like, I really like bears. Like bears are my favorite animal. So I think grizzly, let's go with grizzly. Oh, I actually like that for you a lot. Unfortunately, mine is goose. Um, Most food that you've eaten in one sitting. I'm going to go first here. Um, There was a place when we used to go skiing out in colorado that was a barbecue joint not nearly to the level of kansas city barbecue it was just a barbecue joint be out on the mountain all day long and i would come and put down it was a thing that was called the hogs trough and it was eight pounds of barbecue sausage brisket everything like that eight pounds of barbecue and i put that down and three sides and um yeah it, it it was something that i did regularly every time that we went out there i would be able to put that thing down so that's probably the most that i could eat in one sitting i ate a whole rotisserie chicken in college one time um and my friends are still like remember that one time you bought a walmart rotisserie chicken and just like ate it and i was like yeah, yeah it sounds hungry. delicious like um, let's be real it sounds delicious yeah I, I, it was a lot of chicken like eating a whole like chicken that's a lot. Uh, so that's, that'd probably be it. Speaking of food, Isaac Hugh asks, what's the food item you wish was served at Chiefs games but isn't, Tucker? Um, do they have any like exclusive rights barbecue inside of Arrowhead? They used to have Jack Stack. I'm not sure what the current licensing agreements are there in the building, but they did used to have Jack Stack. I was gonna say some cheesy corn from Jack Stack. That oh, that is Oof. unreal. Or just like put that on anything. Because I know at Kaufman it's like sweet baby Ray's barbecue is like what it is. It's just it's all right, I guess. Um man, I haven't the last time I went to a Chiefs game, this is this will be a little fun adventure for us. Last time I went to the Chiefs game, 2019, when they lost to the Texans in the regular season. That was the last Chiefs game I have ever been to. Um Yes. So it was like 19 to 14 or something. It was a stupid score. Um, right. And the game was just kind of dumb all around. Um, yeah, that's the last game I've been to. And I don't remember what the options were there. But I think it would have to be some sort of exclusive barbecue. Is what you have to, if, you, if you're talking about Arrowhead Stadium, you're talking about Kansas City, you want like a, a Kansas City brand barbecue inside of mm-hmm. there. Yeah, like give me a Z-Man. Give me the yeah. ability to go walk up and get a Z-Man. Like it's perfect, it's portable, everything like that. But if it's not just like barbecue generically, man, I don't know. Like like a fish and chips or something like that is like the perfect stadium food. It really is, you know, just 
fried on fried. Like it, it is the perfect stadium food with some tartar sauce. Just awesome. Now I know that ordering fish in the Midwest and all that, but still, you know, it, it's great, great stadium food. All right. Uh, Laytoni 44. What do you do, both do during the summer to fill in the void left by not having football? Um, I just work more at my day job. <laughs> no, uh, no, spend time with my family, hang out, get to go on a vacation now and again. Um, yeah, just mostly the stuff that during the weekends that you know Sundays are taken up by football and doing all that stuff for KCSN, and it's awesome. Don't get me wrong, but uh, yeah, it's nice to have Sundays where we can hang out with a fam and stuff like that every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, I recently got an Xbox, so I've just kind of been playing that. I've been playing Lego Star Wars. Um, that game's not very hard, and then I realized it's because it's for children. Uh, that game's for children. Um, and I was like, wow, well, this I got done with this in like a week. I was like, why did I get done with this so bad? Oh, it's for children. It's a children's game. Um, <laughs> that's why. But so, yeah, I've been playing that, playing some FIFA. Um, well, I really enjoyed uh, finishing – because it's, sometimes it's hard to keep track of the NFL and the Premier League at the same time. And just mm-hmm. getting to like watch the end of the Premier League, that's kind of what I do. And, and you know, I follow sporting and, and you know, the Casey Current, we were talking about that. They're, they're fun. They just got a couple yeah. new couple new signings, both from Kansas City. So it's always fun to see that. Uh, they got a three girls named to the women's national team. So that's fun. So mm-hmm. doing good things in Kansas City. I do enjoy the other football. And that's probably what I do to fill my time. Sadly, there's no World Cup in the summer. If the World Cup was in the summer, that would be a good answer. But it's in the winter this year. So <sighs> don't get me started on that. Hopefully, next week we find out that Kansas City gets to host some World Cup games in 2026. That's going to be awesome. And yes. oh, you bet your ass I'm, I'm going to be up there. I already told my my place of employ that um, I was taking the whole week off, just uh-huh. spending it all just, you know, gone. It's, it's yeah. going to be great. So um, Andy Nagel asks, if you could pick one player from each decade to play on this Chiefs team, who would you pick? Well, we're going to split this up. We're going to start with the 60s. I'm going to start, and then we're going to alternate here. So starting with the 60s here, I I think with this current Chiefs team, they had some really good linebackers back there in the 60s, but with this current Chiefs team, I'm going to go with Buck Buchanan to give this team some defensive line depth. Buck was awesome. You know, he's 270, 6'7". He was kind of this hybrid-ish three-tech guy that could kick out a little bit and rush from the outside. Steve Spagnuolo would absolutely love his versatility, his ability to rush the passer, his ability to get after things a little bit. He was the first black player drafted first overall in any professional sport league drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFL draft. I think that he would be, at his peak, kind of a perfect compliment to what the Chiefs already have along the defensive line and add some depth in there. Tucker, 70s buddy, who you got? I will say, before I talk about my 70s guy, who I see, I feel like it's a layup with the 70s here. Uh, Buck Buchanan, that name, very much a football name. That is is an all-football name, the all-name football team right there. Uh, 70s, I'm going with Otis Taylor. I mean, Mm -hmm. listen, regarded as possibly arguably i would say the best chiefs wide receiver of all time some would argue tyree kill uh some would be wrong you know so i mean i think that you have to take that in consideration the chiefs had some holes coming in at wide receiver they did address it a little bit in the draft they signed a few guys listen you can't you can't go wrong having another wide receiver that's kind of how this Mm -hmm. league is especially now can't go wrong with having too many weapons and i think the patrick mahomes to otis taylor connection would be legendary Oh, it would be so good. It would be so good. All right. I got stuck with the 80s here. (laughs) And when I say stuck, I mean, the Chiefs weren't great in the 80s. They had some guys right at the very end, and I could be cheap here and try and take the guy that I'm pretty sure Tucker's taken in the 90s, but he largely played in the 90s. So I wanted to go with Deron Cherry, but the Chiefs are pretty stacked at safety, so I'm giving him some pass rush help. 
in Art Still. Art Still is yet another 6'7 guy. He was about 253, 255, around there. He's got the spagsy length to play on the outside. He had 48 and a half sacks for the Chiefs during the 80s. He led the team in sacks a whole bunch of years in a row when the defense wasn't awesome and they didn't have a ton of stars on that team. He was one of those guys that was a star for that team. He currently, Art Still currently, is the number eight all-time sack leader for the Kansas City Chiefs. So, yeah, give me give me some pass rush help with that one as well. I notice I'm just sticking with the defensive line here, but yeah. that, I have to, have to. Tucker, right. the 90s, buddy. I think, I think if I didn't say this player, I'd be crucified. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's Derek Thomas, obviously. Greatest Chiefs player, arguably, of all time. Um, greatest Chiefs legend of all time, I, I would probably say. Listen, and if we're talking about linebackers, we're talking about getting after quarterbacks, we're talking about a guy who's nasty, who's got a mean streak. How much would this defense change if they had Derek Thomas on? Oh, oh my goodness. That defense would be absolutely disgusting. Uh, Derek Thomas gone too soon. Um, always feel like I have to bring that up when we talk about Derek Thomas. Like, man, just think about the, the legend that he could have he could have grown. But, yep, Derek Thomas in the 90s. That's another layup. Greg's just giving me layups here. Oh, I am. I'm, I'm giving you layups <laughs> here, but, you know, have to. Have to there. <laughs> I feel like I get a layup here a little bit um you know talking about players from the the early aughts here um a guy that i think would be arguably the the perfect compliment and i'm taking once again a little bit of liberties here because he was drafted in 2008 but i get to do that because it's our rules jamal charles in this backfield would make this offense just absolutely an utterly terrifying and i know people are sitting there screaming it's going tony gonzalez didn't get drafted man listen travis kelsey can more than make up for that i know the two tight end sets and stuff like that but jamal charles was in this backfield with the guys that we have already talked about adding to this otis taylor with the rest of the wide receiver group with travis kelsey Whew, jamal in that backfield would be it'd be terrifying the chiefs would actually run the ball like they would they would run the ball and it would be elite so i'd add jamal to that this roster so i so i'm 2010s so that's like anything pretty much up and i'd probably say up until 2020 so yeah um this is is i'm gonna say it tyree kill yeah I'm going to say it. it. Let's say Tyreek Hill. (laughs) Listen, I added two wide receivers on this uh, list here, but I'm not ashamed of saying Tyreek Hill with MVS, with Otis Taylor, with uh, Juju, with Sky Moore, and Patrick Mahomes, and Jamal Charles, and Travis Kelsey. Stop it. Stop it. Elite. Elite, elite, elite. (laughs) All right. Junton, kicking off. Lots of music questions this week, but kicking it off very, very specific here, Tucker. What are your top three songs from the hit 2015 Church's album, Every Open Eye? Are you familiar with it, sir? Uh, No, but I pulled up their Google page to see if uh, just like any of them, like um, I recognized any of them. Do you know any Church's songs? I... I think if I like, go to their Spotify and see like their most streamed songs, I'd probably know like the top one. Uh, I definitely know who churches it are. Okay. Is, are. Yes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know if you, my if personal, you have one. Yeah. I, yeah. My personal favorites. Um, I really like getaway, which is kind of like a B-side special edition song on this empty threat as well. And clearest blue are all really good. One of my very favorite Church's songs, though, is actually a cover that they did of Kendrick Lamar's Love. It is excellent. Absolutely excellent. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm a Church's-ish fan. I, I, I enjoy their stuff. So, <laughs> Tucker, right now, for the audio listeners, just, just muted himself, turned on his phone, and then listened to a Church's song really quick to verify whether or not he knew them. 
And you do, don't you, buddy? Yeah, it's Clear Blue. That's the one I play. Yeah, yeah, I do know that go. song. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, Afterglow seems familiar too. Um, I feel like I've heard that song as well, um, just from this album. But uh, yeah, seems like a smash hit in 2015. Uh, in 2015, I would have been 17. So. Oh, stop. Stop. Sorry about that. <laughs> stop. All right, Nick asks, if you have one, what's your dream car and why? Tucker, do you have a dream car? You're much of a car guy. I, I'm not really. I drive a Ford Focus right now just kind of because of the fuel efficiency is why I got sure. it. Because uh, when I did get it, I was working um, for a local newspaper and I was covering like, I think, 10 different high schools in the county. And it's a large oh county. So I was driving all over the place to like games and stuff. So I was like, I can't. I have to have a fuel efficient car. Um, so that's what I got. And I, and I think I've decided that I want an electric car. The mm -hmm. next car I'm going to get is probably going to be electric. It was a Tesla for a long time. I was like, man, I really want a Tesla. And I still like Teslas. But I mean, there's just so many, been so many advancements in, in electric, electric vehicles. Like Ford's coming out with electric trucks, like electric F-150s, which is the highest mm -hmm. selling car in the country. Not, not, not only truck, it's a car, but they're making it into an electric vehicle. Sorry, I didn't know I was going to go on a tangent in electric vehicles. But um, no, I think that's kind of, I don't know specifically what it is, but I think an electric vehicle would be probably uh, the next step for me. Maybe maybe call it a dream, I guess. Yeah. No, I I want an electric vehicle as well. really like the Honda Ionic and the Kia yeah. EV6 that are out right now. But mine is a late 70s International Scout 2 Rally. Um You've probably seen them before. If, if you Google it, you're going to look at it and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that truck, that thing. Really like it. Nice hard top. You know, it looks a little bit like some of those old you know, Ford Broncos, but it's way flashier. And then I, I too, if I found one where the engine wasn't in great shape, that would be a vehicle that I would like to yank that out of and also turn it electric. You know, get a, get some electric motors, some batteries, convert it, do the EV swap on it. You know, all the free time I have. I, that, that sounds like a great choice there. But yeah, no, I really like, you know, the International Scout 2s. See them driving around really sharp, really, mm. really sharp, especially the late 70s ones. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, Zach Saminarax, another music question. Favorite EDM song? Um, I can start here, Tucker, unless you have one off the top of your head. Yeah, I don't listen to a lot of current EDM, but in the early 2000s, was way into Psytrance for a while. Um, Infected Mushrooms, I'm the Supervisor album is still one that I go back to every once in a while. I really like that album as a whole. Uh, their other album, Converting Vegetarians, that came out just a little bit after that, is also very, very, very good. 
Uh, also, shifting a little bit to more world style Psytrance, Spongle, excellent music. Uh, the Nothing Last album is still one of those that I put on when I'm laying out circuit boards and stuff like that for work. It's very soothing background music it's work fuel so that that album specifically is one i can always throw on because there's no breaks you don't know where the songs end and you know start and stop it's just kind of one long flowing album so it's like 42 minutes of just bliss i do really enjoy that i didn't enjoy that about albums when they flow from like one song to another not Mm -hmm. and especially i appreciate it more um when they aren't you know, when, when there's a lot of heavy lyrics involved, when you're just like, oh, they just like, this is a different song now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just like, oh, I, I'm i trying to think what album it was. I think it might have been to, to Pimp a Butterfly was like that for Kendrick Lamar. Oh, yes. like, you listen to yes. it and it just like all flows together and it's just very satisfying. That's a good way to put it. And you hear that like on, on to Pimp a Butterfly, the singles stick out there, but the rest of yeah. it just kind of, you know, moves in and out from song to song. It's great. Yes. Yeah. No, it's it's a it's one of my favorite albums, uh, favorite EDM song. Um, I don't, so when I was in high school, we listened to a lot of of EDM type stuff for like weightlifting. Maybe that's more dubstep than it is EDM. I don't know. I don't know where the line gets drawn there. Um, but so we we could only listen to that because we didn't want any cuss words, right? So we would listen to uh, to songs like that. Uh, so I kind of grew to not like that because i'm just like i don't want to lift to bangerang again uh by skrillex <laughs> um i don't want to listen to my dreams have nightmares or whatever it is from skrillex you know those are the songs that i think of when i hear edm but i don't think that that's right like i don't think that that's like the proper uh the, what i should think of when someone says like oh do you listen to edm i shouldn't think of skrillex yeah i mean that's what your that's what your relationship is with it Go listen to some Spongle. You're gonna you're gonna do that while you're like playing Lego Star Wars later, and you're That's gonna be like, true. "Wow, I'm getting a lot of stuff done." <laughs> All right, Casey from KC, Chiefs question again: What are the chances the Chiefs add anyone else to their defense prior to the season start, Tucker? I mean, I gotta think it's pretty high. They got they gotta do something else at the defensive end. Um, I, I, I kind of feel like that's kind of it's been not talked about very much i guess since carl loftus was drafted it i don't think that that's the fix that they had in mind necessarily <laughs> at least i hope it's not no offense to george carl loftus but i don't want him to do the production or I, okay so i would be happy if he did the production of two guys. oh man yeah no if he does it like that. we're gonna be very happy but right. that's a lot to put on him yeah exactly that's yeah. what i'm saying and i think that they gotta have somebody else just rotationally <laughs> just bodies wise they've got to add somebody else and maybe I don't, I don't even know who it would be at this point. We've gotten so late into the season. We're just like, it's going to be somebody who we haven't thought about for six months. And you're like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Probably going to be somebody like that. I agree. It's going to be defensive line. I think that they're okay. very happy with their secondary right now. They're obviously yeah. very happy with their linebackers. I mean, Andy came out and Nick Bolton took the podium today as well. Gushed about how, nice it is to play the mic and how he's getting comfortable with that. Andy talked about how much Willie and Nick have been playing really well together. So I think that they're extremely happy with their linebackers and their secondary. So yeah, I think it has to be along the defensive line, but we'll, we'll see though. I, I don't know, man. Like I, there's a, there's a small part of me that, that is just as, as we get further into this becomes more and more intrigued by what they're seeing in Joshua Kando. And I realize that that's a lot to put at the feet of that guy as well. But he's at Von Miller's Pass Rush Summit recently. Yeah. I mean, he was invited to that, came to that. But it makes me wonder, because obviously they're seeing him in the building. He's there with all of that. Are they looking at that and going, hey, listen, we don't need that secondary rusher because we have Joshua. We feel good about him and Dana as the second line here with Karloftis and Frank Clark, and we can wait until cut-down day and maybe try and add a player then, or Malik Herring steps up or something like that. You know, you can maybe get by with those guys, but the further we get into this, because mandatory OTAs are coming up, you know, further we get into this, the more and more I'm starting to get very intrigued by what they have been seeing out of Joshua Kando. 
What I thought was really interesting too is uh, I'm pretty sure Karloftis was the only rookie invited to uh, the Von Miller camp. So that I was think he? That... Oh, I didn't look over all that. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, I think he was the only rookie. So that's not nothing. I'll say no. That. That's not nothing. My man's out here working. He's putting in yeah. the work. Can't yeah. can't say that. Maybe maybe Frank Clark has a good year. I said this to Tucker before we started because I was looking over the sacks list. Frank Clark has 12 sacks, and yes, I know what you're saying in your mind right now, but Frank Clark has had 12 sacks in a season before. If Frank Clark has 12 sacks for the Chiefs this year, he will be ninth all-time in Chiefs sacks in the history of the Chiefs. He will be ninth all-time since the 60s. Put him in the ring of honor. It is what it is. It is what it is. Ring of honor. Ring of Honor. Do you think that Tyron Matthews in the Ring of Honor? That's I a question so. for me. I think so too. <laughs> I I think that, and I saw our, our good buddy Charles Goldman made this point as well. It's like if you look at the stats right there, where it's you know, the if you just separated not just the years, but if you just separated two times All Pro, one time Super Bowl champ, there are guys that are in the Chiefs Ring of Honor for less than that. They are, and I you know. That's not trying to slight those guys, but he did a lot for in a little amount of time. So totally agree. Totally agree that he should be in the ring of honor. All right, Duncan Anglin, what is your wackiest cocktail? Mr. Seltzer, do you want to take this one first or you want you want mine? No, I think I think the definition of wacky could be you could go all over the place. But sure. Um I tried this. I went up to Holiday for their bourbon release and mm-hmm. You know, Patrick, uh, Patrick, I almost said Patrick Reed. He's a golfer and who's not the same Patrick, guy. Patrick Fee. Yes. Patrick Fee is his name, not Patrick Reed. Patrick Fee came up to me and he's like, hey, you've got to check out what we've got. Like, you've got to go over here, check these out. They're called Corktails. Uh, they mix their 360 vodka with like, so it's basically all vodka. Then they top it with cork is basically what it is. Um, I housed a few Tell of the people those. what cork is. Cork is the Boulevard Hard Seltzer is what that is. Um, Mm -hmm. That's local to Kansas City. Um, I believe you can get them like shipped to you um, if I I remember right. So if you go to Boulevard's Mm -hmm. website, you can get them shipped to you. Uh, They're pretty good. They really do rank up pretty high on on my scale of seltzers. Um, I'm going to have to go back because people keep like telling me like, oh, you have to rank the quirks. And then I keep saying. I've tried the quirks before, so it doesn't really work for the chugs, but I think I'm just right. gonna have to like throw that rule out the window and just I'm gonna have to to chug them and drink them anyway because people want me to rank them so bad. So sure. I think that's probably gonna have to happen. But yes, I, I don't know if that really consider uh, just like falls under the wacky category, but I just think taking alcohol and mixing it with more alcohol is kind of wacky. Um, so I'm gonna go with a, just like a nice seltzer cocktail. They're really light and refreshing, and they do they get you a little buzzed. They do. Very on brand of you, buddy. Yeah, very, very so. on brand. Um, I, I've had a lot of weird cocktails. I'm one of those people that if I go and I look at a bar menu and something jumps out, and I'm like, I've never had anything like that before. I need to try it. And so this past weekend, when I happened to be up in Kansas City for a brief period of time, the wife and I went to little speakeasy and shiny called drastic measures. And I had the culture club, which is a goat cheese washed Blanco tequila with macerated strawberry and lemon. And boy, let me tell you, it was good. I also had myself something that was called the bright tiger, which was poblano distilled gin, pineapple cider, basil, and lime and that poblano wow. gin was spi- like the the aftertaste was all spice it was it was wonderful it was perfect like i, oh. I everything at drastic measures that they make is excellent and it's different and it's just it's awesome so i highly recommend uh k gumminger craig when you hug tucker do you rest your head on top of his head or do you just pull him in as tight as possible tight as possible buddy i I think I'd have to actually squat a little bit to put my head on top of Tucker's head. <laughs> yeah, you would. I'm like belly button heights. Is what it yeah. is. <laughs> All right, Ross Toyer. Tucker, what's a good story from your road trip from BJ to the Shrine game that you're willing to share? That's a good question. So on the on the way back, we stopped at um, Zion National Park. <laughs> beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. One of the best uh, national parks, I think, that 
I've been to, but I think I think it's considered one of the best mm-hmm. in the country. Um, it's incredibly beautiful. The Red Rocks are it's crazy how nature does that. I, I just don't like I. You have to see it. Like I know, like pictures don't do it justice. You have to see it, and that is kind of the cool thing is that. You know, BJ and I, BJ and I pulled up and they're like, hey, we're not the parking lot's full up at the top. We're not going to let you guys up. And we're like, all right, I mean, that's fine. We'll walk around down here, like the welcome center. And we waited for like an hour or so. I think we were going to record a podcast or something, but the Wi-Fi wasn't good. Shocker. Um, in the middle of a national park, the Wi-Fi wasn't good. <laughs> um, but and we're like, all right, we'll just pack up and go back. And then the the park ranger like came like and got us and was like, hey. We're open now, so if you guys like want to turn around and come back, go back. So we went up, and we we spent like three or four hours at Zion National Park on our way back when we were supposed to be, you know, going back home. This was after a super long week in Vegas. It was uh, driving driving out there already was kind of just like a, took a lot out of us, and then we had to do stuff in Vegas type of deal. But it was kind of a good little pause, and just you know, there was no cell phone service there, so like you couldn't get any calls or messages or anything like that. So it was just kind of one of those moments where you stop and just enjoy the nature around you. I thought it was it was really cool. Nice. I'm jealous. I, that that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Zach Eisen asks first impressions of each other. Um, oh, Man, it's been a long time. Um, I kind of known Tucker through like Twitter and interacting through Twitter for a while now. I think the first time that Tucker and I kind of hung out, um, I was watching college prospects for the draft guide a few years back, and occasionally I would just kind of reach out to some people and say, Hey, you guys want to jump in, watch some old 22, talk about some prospects? You know, some of the people that were talking about the draft and a lot, and I think. I've added you and Jordan Foote and Connor Christofferson. Mm-hmm. Is it Christopherson? What is it? Christofferson. Christofferson. Okay. Uh-huh. I, I doubted myself the moment like, it came out of my mouth. Yeah, like Chris yeah. Christofferson. Like, yes. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, that's uh, that's why I was like, no, that's not right. But <laughs> yeah, I invited you guys to jump on. And so like we got to hang out, watch some prospects a little bit. I think I did it like two or three weeks later, and those guys couldn't couldn't jump in so tucker and i were just hanging out and watching prospects and like getting to know each other a little bit and i mean he was he's a kind dude that that (laughs) loved football and it was just like yeah let's hang out for a little while and watch some prospects i believe you i actually had you on the roughly kicker podcast just before we did that and that was the same night that was the start that's right so i think that i think that was really the first time that we talked was i had you on the podcast we talked about Probably the defenses that I assume we talked about, but yeah, um, and then we watched prospects. I I remember we watched um, wide receiver from from Oklahoma State, um, Tylen Wallace, baby. We watched Tylen oh, Wallace and we watched uh, the other kid, the the, the Tevin Jenkins. Um, yes, oh, dude's nasty. Oh, but um, yeah, those are the first prospects we watched at Oklahoma State and maybe Te- I think Oklahoma State, Texas. I, I think it was, it was Texas because they were playing OSI. Uh, yes, yeah. that, was, yes. that was a really fun game for all three of those guys. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Just DRK asks, "Who's the strongest Avenger?" I mean, it's uh, uh, Tucker's not all the way caught up on Marvel. Yeah, like, that's true. He, he'll cringe here, but so I'm going to answer for him. It's Captain Marvel. It's just okay. Captain Marvel. There, there's just no disputing it. She, she's the strongest Avenger. No chicken tonight. Which Chiefs coaching edition or position switch are you most excited about, and why, Tucker? I, th- I'm going to say, I'm going to say Matt Nagy. Uh, that might be yeah. kind of a, that might kind of be an easy layup answer, but like, no, but it's a little under the radar. Nobody's talking about that anymore. Right? Yeah. And he, okay, let's be honest. He didn't have a good time in Chicago. He didn't. No. He didn't do a good job calling plays. He didn't do a good no. job as a head coach. He didn't do a good job managing a lot of things in Chicago. So I'm excited to see him come back and kind of uh, redeem himself almost uh, and just see mm-hmm. like what else he can do and he can add to the offense. And taking some of that outside influence that he learned like in Chicago with a bunch of different uh, people around him and bringing it into Kansas City kind of almost as a breath of fresh air, but who's someone who's familiar with the system, who knows what works and knows what doesn't, and also has outside experience, I think is is another one that's that's really exciting to me. Yeah, uh, I, I've talked about it before, but Joe Cullen, I think yeah. Joe Cullen's going to open up things pretty drastically for this defensive line. Um, 
it makes me kind of hand in hand with the Joshua Kando stuff. It makes me wonder if they're seeing some of this and also interior defensive line haven't added a whole bunch of bodies there as well. And we kind of thought, Hey, at some point they're going to do something about this, right? Maybe Joe Cullen's looking at those guys and going, Nope, this is, I can work with this. Give me these guys and talking with spags about it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm hyped. I'm hyped for Joe Cullen. Mike Denny Tucker is a vibrant youth what advice do you have for Craig and Craig as an old, what advice do you have for Tucker and the youths? Tucker, what advice do you have for old farts like me? I don't know if like, I don't feel like it's my place to give you advice. You know, I just, that doesn't feel right. Like it doesn't, I don't know. I don't really have any advice because I don't think that I can say anything insightful. You know, you don't, well, I mean, that's that's good advice that I, I guess maybe you don't know everything. That's because mm. <laughs> no, none of us do. Um, mine would be it, it's something that I, I I tell my employees a lot, like at work, and something that I do a terrible job with myself, and I have to remind myself of it a lot. Um, do what you can do and control what you can control. It's very 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 easy especially right now and things are so polarizing and everything is the biggest issue in the world to feel like you're overwhelmed to feel like things are targeting you things are you know even or people are targeting you especially on the internet like that happens a lot you know let it roll off your back control what you can control be who you are and just do what you can do inside your own lane if you want try and do something a little bit more, take the initiative and do it. But sitting around worrying about it, trying to take on that extra stressor is, is just not healthy. So just control what you can control and ignore those that try and control you for what you are. You are. So Perfect. Um, positive toasty. Who would you draft number one overall in a fantasy football draft, either dynasty or redraft leagues? Just wh whoever, Tucker. Who are you seeing as a no number one overall worthy pick this year? That's a good question. I used to be like really into like fantasy football mm -hmm. and like the strategy of it all I thought was really fun. And then it's like a couple years ago, I started drafting for like who I thought were good football players. And that doesn't always translate fantasy wise. <laughs> right. Uh, so you can think that someone's a really good football player, but not get, translate uh, fantasy wise. And I know that like running backs are very, are a very valued position in fantasy. It's quite literally the opposite in roster building in the NFL. Um, so which I think is, is kind of funny, but I think <laughs> when you're looking at running backs, you know, you've had, you've had your Christian McCaffrey's kind of, kind of fall off. You've had your Saquon Barkley's kind of fall off. So you're kind of trying to find that next running back that you would go with number one overall in a fantasy. You know, I would, dare I say, dare I say Travis Kelsey, maybe <gasps> just because the position isn't that deep. If you get a good tight end, you're kind of set. You're kind of yeah. set if you got a good tight end. I don't. I know. I don't think it's that crazy to draft Travis Kelsey number one overall because as I started talking about running backs, I was like, you know what? There's not a, really a ton of like clear cut guys out there. Like Travis Kelsey, like on like consensus boards and stuff like that, is like number twelve. If you're drafting first overall, you're not picking again in a typical snake draft until you know like the end of you know the mid twenties here. Right. If you're in like a twelve team league, like. Taking Travis Kelsey number one overall, and we talk about that with the draft and stuff like that. Can't trade back. You can't get that value there. Take the guy. You know, mm -hmm. take him there. I mean, I think Jonathan Taylor's the move for number one overall. I just think that oh, he's yeah. still going to get all of the volume there. I am a little wary of Derrick Henry this year. You just mentioned those other guys that have fallen off a little bit. Derrick Henry's different. Don't get me wrong. Like he's a different dude, but. I'm 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 a little curious if this is maybe going to be the year where he starts to take a little bit of a step back. For wide receiver though, give me give me Cooper Cup. He just oh, got yeah. paid, and he didn't get paid as much as the rest of the league, NFLs in the league are getting paid. Eh, lots of guarantees, which good for him. But Cooper Cup's getting all the volume in that mm -hmm. offense, just absolutely all of it. All right, Hobo Joe 93 asks, with the Deshaun Watson situation going on and the uncertainty there with him, could Cleveland potentially become sellers of their roster? 
I mean, if Deshaun Watson gets suspended for multiple years, which it remains to be seen what's going to happen, everybody kind of points to the Trevor Bauer suspension. So that's kind of the general consensus is, is it going to be the two years for Deshaun Watson and with everything that's coming out? I, maybe I, I, it's starting to maybe lean that way. If it's a two year thing, they need picks and they're going to need them sooner rather than later because they've mortgaged their future now for a player that can't play and will now be three years out of football. If that occurs because he didn't play last year for the Houston Texans and they've got all this money sunk in and he's going to be the one that's taking up all the money. So they're going to have no picks for him. They may become sellers of their roster. Now, they're not going to sell Miles Garrett before anybody jumps out at that. They're not going to sell Miles Garrett. But there are some pieces that, that I could see them looking at and being like, listen, they're not going to be part of the, the future three years from now. Let's start recouping some of this right now. Yeah, I mean, they re-signed uh, Dearness Johnson uh, mm -hmm. to a – to a deal that I thought was larger than he was going to get. Um, their running good back room is kind of, yeah, good for DeAndre Johnson. Their running back room is kind of getting a little crowded when you start talking about Nick Chubb, Cream Hunt, all those guys. I know there's been Chiefs fans have thrown out there bringing back Cream Hunt. I think that's an awful idea. Um, I just want to say that. I think that's terrible. Um, but I think that, yeah, you'd have to say that they would have to be. I think their hand is almost forced in that situation if he does get suspended for multiple years, even just one year, honestly. Mm -hmm. uh, that's tough. And and why are we so convinced that Deshaun Watson is going to come back and be good? Like, how come that's kind of like a general I consistency? Mean, for, especially if he's three years removed from football. Yeah. Like, I, if that really does, like, that's a lot. And you know Baker's going to tell him to shove it. You know no, that he's going to he tell does. him to shove it. And, yeah. I mean, like, he's going right to get paid either way. Like that, that money's his. So why not? And it would make sense for for him to just be like, nope, it's Jacoby Brissett's team. Like, and that's fine. You know, Good for Jacoby. Jacoby Brissett is he's a fine quarterback. They would be fine with him, but they're not winning anything with that. You know, they're not winning anything serious there. So, all right, Molly Salt says, fellas, I believe that all of Casey's draft picks through. Canard, so through the fifth round, will start based on merit during their first contract. Do you agree with that sentiment, Tucker? I originally read this as first year, and I was like, I don't know about that. First contract, though, kind of opens it up a little bit. In the first mm -hmm. three years, really, for a lot of these guys, yeah, I'll say I agree with that. I'm a little, I'm a little, uh, I think bullish is the right word I want to use. It's not fair. It's bull. Yeah. I'm a little bullish on this draft clash. I think, uh, especially Kennard. We're not talking enough about that guy. I'll say it right now. I don't think we're talking enough about that guy. I really like him. He's a mm -hmm. Duke guy. So if Duke's going to train him, I'm a like him. Now you got, oh, three. Yeah. you're going to have that whole, the whole Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Darren Kennard. Eventually all three of those guys trained with Duke. And that's just, it's going to be incredible. Some nasty guys. I mean, I just think that um, I saw I when he, I saw this message get sent in the Discord, and I and I started immediately thinking about it, and I was like, that's what I thought. My thought process was, how come we're not talking about Darren Kennard enough? Oh, um, but yeah, I think I, I think mean, it's incredibly possible. Yeah, I think Leo Chanel is going to be the starting Sam year one. Yeah, at some point on merit, I think that Sky Moore is going to earn starting reps i don't know if it'll be in the slot or what it will be but i mean like he, he's going to earn starting reps obviously Loftus and mcduffie are going to start this year uh, brian cook is the only other guy that's in there that you got to have a question about i think he's going to start josh williams would be the one and i am a big josh williams fan i think it might be year two and a half Again, we talked about this a little bit. I think he might be on the Charvarius Ward path. Like, grow into the role, maybe claim a starting spot midway through a season and just kind of hold on to it and continue to grow as a player and then maybe you make some money at the end of your rookie deal. So, yeah, I, I can see that for him. Jacob M., as the one-year anniversary of KCSN approaches, what is your favorite moment or memory while at KCSN? There are too many. <laughs> there are way too many. I mean, we joke about them all the time. 
you know, Vegas was awesome getting yeah. to hang out with these guys, eating street corn with Tucker. And that's that we we joke about that a lot. My man loves street corn, absolutely loves street corn. All the charity stuff that we've been able to do, all the money we've been able to donate is incredible. Doing this draft show recently and having you guys donate more to Therese's, you know, scholarship. That's that's awesome. I got to go up this past week and do a feed it forward as well tucker did one this past week as well we did two feed it forwards this past weekend so it's that's the type of stuff that i love the most these guys are going to be my friends you know they're they're gonna i'm, I'm gonna be friends with them regardless but the kcsn side of it you know the helping people side yeah. of it is is the most important part i know i say that all the time beat it like a drum but i really do genuinely mean it so that's the stuff that sticks out to me the most. Yeah, I think and raising that much money, I think for Therese, just in a three day period was mm -hmm. just kind of one of those things where I was just like insane. What, what do we do for the AFC championship game? We raised like 10, 11, 10, $10,000 yeah. for, for yep. to raffle off tickets. And what led to our feed it forward campaign was people's mm -hmm. generosity to, for, for the, during the AFC championship game. And I just think that that's, yeah, that's, that's how that's from you guys, by the way, yeah, <laughs> it's like, coming from you guys. Yeah. That's, that's the crazy part. I think is every time we do one of these to say like, Hey, we're going to help an area of need in Kansas city and just seeing all the support from, from, you know, subscribers, people who don't subscribe, but just follow and uh, people who just, you know, hear us every now and again, I think is, is incredible. And I think that's kind of been the biggest memory is just like seeing how much this has grown from, you know, we have the people obviously who've been here since, since day one. And we've got people who mm -hmm. are coming in and are quickly becoming day ones almost. Yeah. It seems like that, that stick around. So that's just, but I think the growth has been my favorite memory and just seeing, uh everyone kind of chip in for a common cause it's good to see that nowadays it is it really is really really is all right tucker final question comes from joe penfield mm. he says how much money would it take for <laughs> craig and tucker to chug a seltzer on the podcast together well tucker or joel i got a question or i got an answer for you there i don't really drink seltzers I also don't really chug. So this is going to be a little bit painful for me to do, buddy. But if you want to donate somebody, we just got done talking about it. If you want to donate, throw a little money, Boys and Girls Club, Trez Paler Foundation, uh, throw it to a DJ's Defend the Dream Foundation that we support yes. during the season as well. Throw it towards any of those. Just chip in a little money. Help out for somebody. We're going to do some Seltzies, Tuck. In honor of Mr. Seltzer, Tick Tuck himself, we're going to close on this one. Terrible Ooh. chugging, Tucker. You're going to smoke me on this. Cheers, Cheers. buddy. <laughs> I might spit up in my face. <coughs> oh. They don't go down very easy. No. Why do you do that? <laughs> I thought it'd be funny one time. I didn't know I was going to do 40 something episodes. <laughs> this is where I say 6.9. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that how we do it? Yeah, that mango one was not good, though. I'll tell you what. That mango <laughs> one, not good. Um, that mango is probably like a. Nope. It's a five. Eight. Five eight for the mango, Bud Light Mango. Heard it here first. Uh, that's a review. <laughs> Craig, what did you have for your review? I had the uh, Sonic Hard Seltzer Cherry Limeade. I love, I love it. Actually, fun fact: Joel Pinfield loves the Sonic ones. That's like his he? he loves the. There Sonic you go, ones. Joel. I didn't yep. even know that. Yep, hooked you up. You better, you better throw a little money now. All right. Go. That's going to do it for 21 questions. Thank you all so much for submitting your questions, for watching this far, for all of that stuff. We will be back next week with more podcasts and more Chiefs news. Some special guests. It's going to be fun. We will catch you later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.